What's up, everybody? This is TJ Reed, and you are listening to Vitamin Lead, your healthy dose of leadership. We are on a mission to help you develop consistency, a thriving career, and to find company for the journey as a leader. Join us and leaders from over 300 cities around the world as we now dive into Vitamin Lead, your healthy dose of leadership. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Vitamin Lead, your healthy dose of leadership. I'm your host, TJ Reed, and I am so excited to have with me today, Rachel Allen. Rachel, how are you? I am good. How are you? I am doing very well. Uh, So our listeners have heard a little bit about you already with our intro, but would you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So um, I'm Rachel. I run Bolt from the Blue Copywriting, uh, where I run a team of copywriters and we help small business people basically use their words to make money. Um, If sometimes they say we use it to amplify your impact and income, which sounds very fancy. Uh, And then I also run a business called Now Meet Verb, where I help thought leaders in waiting write their first book. Hmm. That's really awesome. I love it. I think it's a blast. I, I love when I read about your mission. You were, you were saying that your mission is like to, to build the words that bring great ideas into reality mm-hmm. so they can have a tangible impact. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that and how that kind of became the central driving force of what you're doing? Oh, absolutely. So um, to give you just a little bit of background, I went into copywriting uh, accidentally. I was going to be a journalist, you know, never really thought about words being a thing for me outside of journalism specifically. Hmm. But I uh, ended up graduating in 2008 and nobody was hiring journalists. So in my 22 year old brain, the answer to that was I'm going to move to Hong Kong and not with a work visa and not with any savings, but like they must have jobs there and I'll just figure it out. And uh, I, you know, landed with like $200 in my bank account and had to make rent. So I'm like Googling, like how to make money online, you know, as you do when you're 22. Yeah. And um, found out about this thing called copywriting and uh, started doing it. I fell in love with it, ended up building a business. And here we are 10 years later. So the reason I bring all of that up is fell into it completely backwards. Only about six years in, I really started wondering, like, what is it that's so compelling about this to me? You know, why can I keep doing this and I never really want to do anything else? What brings me back to it? And that's where I got into this sort of um, theory of how I see the world. Hmm. And as you said, I see the world as uh, everybody's walking around with pure potential sitting right up here in their heads. Hmm. But those amazing world changing ideas can only exist in your head um, unless you build the words to get them out and translate them to other people. Yeah. And so that's why my mission uh, is to move the global conversation forward. And the way that I do that is by building words to help get incredible ideas out of people's heads and into other people's heads. Because you can have a great idea, but it can be terribly presented and uh, people miss the point entirely. Exactly. And I think that's so tragic because we have so much just astonishing potential for change that gets lost in translation. Hmm. Hmm. That's really good. So um, uh, we, we were talking beforehand and we've been talking a little bit over email. We wanted to talk about this idea of thought leadership. And yeah. so as, as people are kind of listening into our conversation, if they don't know what thought leadership is, would you kind of give us your definition of what thought leadership is? Absolutely. So the buzzwordy type definition of thought leadership, I think, is you say something that makes people think, wow, they're really smart. I should follow them. 
what I think thought leadership is, is when you have, um, when you're able to tap into that idea or that conversation or that mission, that vocation, that's truly yours. And then you have something to say about it. And you present that in a way of like, this is what, this is what I truly believe about this. Here's what I want you to do about it. And here's what I'm going to be willing to commit to um, being responsible for in forwarding this conversation. Hmm. So to sort of nutshell that, cause that got a little bit out there. I think thought leadership is when you show up with something that you truly believe and you use that to change the world. So how do you, how does somebody discern what that thing is that they truly believe that they want to change the world with? Ooh, well, you work with me um, or you. It's <laughs> good. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of it though is um, you just can't help it. Honestly, like it's, it's so much of, of a process of just sort of decluttering all the conditioning around this stuff because everybody, when they, you know, when you were growing up or that thing that's always in the back of your mind, it's something you always come back to. And so I think a lot of people and a lot of clients who come to me they have been sort of conditioned to filter their vocation and their thought leadership through like, well, how do I market it? Like, let's think about how to market it first, mm. which is of course important because yeah. you know, we capitalism is a thing and we have to have money. Right. Um, but when I see somebody come to me and say like, Oh, I'm so interested in, for instance, uh, access to justice, but mm. I'm just going to talk about mediation tips because like mediation tips is more marketable. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like yeah. this is your thing. You can't help but talk about it you have to talk about it. Yeah. So that's how you discern it because you just can't not. That's good. That's good because, yeah, like I, I would imagine it's, it's kind of a messy process too, probably, right? Like you're yeah. kind of getting the passion out there before you know how to kind of curate the, the message, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and a lot of times, like, you know, it's messy logically and mentally because you have it in your head and like you live in this conversation and it makes sense to you because you're only having it, you know, with yourself. But then to try to translate that to other people, if you're not so clear on what it is to begin with, then it gets diluted and sort of like shaped by other people's um, impressions of it before it has a chance to really put down roots, I guess, to mm. use plant metaphor. Yeah. Cause you, yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta care for it very well. Like your, your, your heart and your mind are like a greenhouse almost for it to, to, exactly. to start with. Right. Exactly. And then ideally you'll find somebody who knows how to hold space for that and who can believe in it and, you know, be the first person who believes in it other than you. And then you can kind of grow that little plant and put it out in the world. And, you know, maybe it gets frostbit a little bit and you bring it back in and work on it some more and then you can put it back out. Um, and eventually it's robust enough to, to withstand the world. Now, as you're kind of working through the messiness of that, especially in like the social media world, are there any mistakes that are too fatal that you should be very careful of as you're starting to kind of put that messy passion out to the world? Mm -hmm. Like, have you seen anybody make mistakes that, you're like, oh, that's going to stick with you. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh God, don't do that. Um, <laughs> off the top of my head. Okay. There's a couple. One is by playing it super quiet and not, you know, just not mm. trying at all thinking like, well, you know, I think this is really cool, but maybe everybody else is going to think it's really weird. So I'm not going to say anything about it. Yeah. So you can abdicate it. You can abdicate your responsibility from it that way. Mm. Um, one thing that I get really up on my soapbox about that I hate when people do is when they present their messy idea as though it's, um, as though it's not in progress, right? 
Like mm. you come out and you say like, this is it. And that is it forever. And I know exactly what I'm talking about and I will never change. And I'm like, dude, you're going to change that next week. Like yeah. it's all iterative. And one thing I think is really amazing about this process is <laughs> it sounds really morbid, but you're going to do this till you die. Like you will have this conversation with your vocation forever and yeah. it will iterate and iterate and iterate and iterate. So to stand up and say like, nope, I figured it out. That's it. Like, I'm like, come on. No, you haven't. <laughs> it makes me, it makes me think of that. I, I think I read a quote one time where Bill Gates said the, the most space anybody would ever need on a computer is like 15 kilobytes or something like that. Oh, and wow. <laughs> this was back, I don't know, the eighties or seventies or yeah. something like that. And yeah. so, it's very much not the case. And so. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I can't even imagine. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what sets a thought leader apart from everybody else? Like what mm -hmm. makes you a thought leader uh, different than the other people that are out there saying stuff? Yeah, totally. Uh, I actually have a theory about this and I believe that it comes down to two elements. Um, the fidelity of the message and the grace with which it is presented. Hmm. So what I mean by that is, um, I think of fidelity in terms of like radio frequencies or signals, right? Yeah. The closer, the higher fidelity you can get to the original thought in your brain. I, that's the step one, you know, the closer, the higher fidelity, the more powerful the idea. Hmm. But as you said earlier, you can have the best idea in the world. It can be the most high fidelity, world changing, amazing thing. But if nobody else understands it, then what's the point? Because, you know, we're relational creatures. We have to share ideas for them to spread. Right. And that's where the grace comes in. And the way that I conceive of that is um, I think of it almost like manners, right? I can present my idea to you, but I have to have it. I, I have to do that with you in mind. I have to empathize with you and think, okay, how's TJ going to understand this? How's whoever going to understand this? How is the internet going to understand this? And so the, um, the higher fidelity you can have and the greater degree of grace that you can present it with. So perhaps empathy is another way to think about that that's what makes a true thought leader stand out. And if you get those two things together, put a little strategy on that and oof, that's like, that's when the world changes. <laughs> so does, does Grace look like as you're presenting your idea, like asking great questions online or like when you're in front of an audience or with a group of people and then just listening well? Is that what, is that what you would describe that as? That can definitely be an element of it. Um, I think a lot of it is also the ability to kind of get in their head and understand where they are with your idea when, when they meet it. Um, okay. Because obviously people come at this, uh, these ideas from different angles. Some people have been in, for instance, a particular conversation for longer. So they have a higher degree of understanding. They may have a baseline vocabulary that other people don't have. So it's being able to feel into that and say like, okay, this is what my idea is. I know this is what it is. I've got it really high fidelity. Now, how are you meeting this? And what can I do to facilitate that and make it easy for you to understand and sort of translate it into your world? Yeah, for your context, what does this mean? And stuff like exactly. that. Okay, exactly. That makes a lot of sense. Um, why, so why in, this, in these instances is having the right words so important um, to somebody that's mm. a thought leader? That's like, that's number one, because um, you can't do anything else without them. Yeah, <laughs> that's, exactly. That is the only way that your ideas will ever get out, because you have to articulate it to at least one other person. Otherwise, it's just uh, energy that goes nowhere. You're shouting into the void. Words are always the first step in um, accessing the power of ideas. So what, what your business does is you, you help people to kind of write a good homepage, sales script, stuff like that. Can you mm -hmm. walk us through maybe how you work with customers to help them get to that point? 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm told I'm a little bit strange in the copywriting world. I never, like, like I said, I'm completely self-trained, so I never knew there was another way to do it. But the way I do it uh, is I'll get on a, a phone call with somebody and have a conversation just like this. It feels very relaxed and very chill. And I ask them a series of questions, which kind of goes back to my journalism days, um, to really get to know them and to kind of draw this idea out of them. Because a lot of people who come to me, they will have an amazing, great idea that fuels their business or that fuels whatever they're doing. And they're like two onion skin layers away in describing it. So we get back to the clarity of it. And they may say to me, for instance, um, I had one client who said, I'm really interested in helping older people form communities. And I was like, that's fantastic. And also I think what you really care about in that is loneliness. And she was like, oh, that's exactly it. Because mm -hmm. when it comes down to it, all of her work has in one way or another been about alleviating loneliness. Mm -hmm. So we get to the clarity of the idea. I get an understanding of their audience so that we can inflect it in such a way that the audience will understand. Then, and only then, I bring in the marketing stuff. So I say, all right, we've got this, you know, we've got a great message, clear understanding of the audience. What do we want to actually happen here? You know, are we list building? Are we brand building? Do you want to um, establish a platform, you know, as a thought leader? Do you want to just make a lot of money and it doesn't really matter what else is going on here? And so we take those first two elements, in, you know, shuffle them, inflect them through the third. Um, and then I write the page um, or I have someone on my team write the page, depending on basically who's the best writer for the situation. Uh, and then the client reviews it and usually loves it. And we go from there. So what's been, um, you, so you, you lead a team of people that are now copywriting yeah. and helping with this sort of stuff. What's it been like to kind of harness the power of creatives and like actually be a leader over a bunch of people <laughs> that are creative when you yourself know how you want to do it or you would do it? Oh, it's so hard. So <laughs> hard as a leader to step in and just be like, okay, here's this, you know, this business that I've grown from, from nothing. Uh, you know, I've, I have so many clients who have trusted me with their livelihoods and, you know, done amazing work with them. And I, I feel like that's such a privilege and to hand that over to somebody else and be like, okay, I'm sure you're great. Um, was really, really hard. What helped me kind of be able to do that was, uh, I, I developed my kind of in-house methodology Okay. Um, and then got really picky about hiring. Hmm. And when I do my hiring, I do it both based on like, can you, can you actually understand this methodology? Can you work in it? And then also, are you on board with the ethics of this business? Like do, will you treat our clients, um, with the degree of, you know, understanding what a privilege it is to work with them that I do. And hmm. if not, that's okay. You know, you can still write damn good copy somewhere else, but right. not in this house. Like you got to get on board and you have to love it like I do. So how do you get at that? Like when you're, when you're trying to get, if they have like the ethics and values of your company, like are there special ways that you go about that when you're talking to people? Uh, I do a lot of interviewing when I'm hiring. Um, okay. We typically, we typically get, let me think of my numbers. Last time we had a position open we had 300 applicants. Um, I interviewed 15 of them and then I hired one. Yeah. Um, and so it's a lot of just talking about it. It's a lot of sort of rapport building and checking. And then I actually just lay that out and say, look, this is what we're about. You know, I have a manifesto, we have an internal site and I show them that page and say, you know, tell me, like, look me in the eyes, person to person, can you get on board with this? Hmm. And if not, that's okay. Yeah. But if so, and you'll, you'll see if their eyes light up and they go, oh yeah, 
Yeah. And that's how I know when their eyes light up and they just love it so much. That's cool. I love that. Yeah. So uh, Vitamin Lead, uh, our tagline is your healthy dose of leadership. And I always like to ask our guests as one of the last questions, you know, how right. do you define healthy leadership? Mm. Oh gosh, that's such a good question. I'm actually going to look at some notes that I scribbled down. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, the things that came to me when I was thinking about that question are, first of all, you, you have to lead from a place of personal integrity. Hmm. You have to know what your values are. And because otherwise, like, what's the point of leading, right? You're going to just fall over no matter what, whenever, when any little opposition comes to you, it's like, well, well, you know, I don't have anything to stand on. So whatever. Yeah. So I think it's a combination of leading from personal integrity and then being willing to do it um, or perhaps being willing to understand that all good leadership is about relationships Mm. and being able to relate to the people around you, whether that's, you know, one to many in an audience situation or whether you're leading a small team. It's being able to relate to them human to human. And, and I think this is the really tricky part and also the awesome part when you get it right. If you can still do that when you have a big difference with them. So maybe they have a belief you mm. oppose. Maybe they have you know, a style that you don't mesh with, something like that. But they're still a good fit for the team or they're still a good fit for the idea. You have to figure out a way to lead where you are not uh, compromising your own integrity or forcing them to compromise theirs by dominating them. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have, do you have any really tips hard. on that? Cause I think that's, that's very much <laughs> the, the national conversation here right now. And, uh, yeah. and, I, and I think we've all got to figure that out better. So I love asking people like, how, how do you navigate that? Me personally, um, I do a lot of work with, uh, Dr. Jen McCabe's radical relating skills. Okay. So she does, she's in the lineage from Carl Rogers and uh, does a lot about congruence and empathy and unconditional positive regard. So um, I, I've trained with her for a couple of years now. Oh, wow. And when I get into those situations, uh, unconditional positive regard is the choice that I go for because, mm. you know, regardless of what's going on, there has to be a way for me to stay me and, you know, mm. still be me in that situation and not compromise and also still completely relate to them as a human and regard what they have as positive and unconditional. Hmm. And it's wild and I don't always do it successfully, but when I do, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's, that's really good. Thanks. It reminds me, I, uh, I heard this gentleman, Donald Miller, he does the story brand mm. stuff and he was yeah. talking about like relationships, any relationship, but he was talking about marriage specifically. And he said, mm. you know, each of you are kind of standing on your own pillow and there's a center pillow that is our relationship together. And you've got to decide how you can stand in that <laughs> pillow with integrity or if you want to stand on that pillow with whatever yeah. the issue is there. So that a lot of what you said there reminds me of that. I love that. That's such a great metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, like, no, I want my own pillow. Everyone else leave me alone. But <laughs> I think often we all do, I can right? share a pillow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Uh, Rachel, it's been a pleasure to talk to you today. Um, how can our listeners connect with you next or take next steps with you if they're interested? I'm very easy to find on the internet. Uh, so my website is boltfromthebluecopywriting.com. Um, you can also email me at rachel at boltfromthebluecopywriting.com. And I, you know, I answer email personally because like, why wouldn't I? That'd be weird not to. And uh, I'm also on Instagram at boltfromthebluecopywriting. So easy peasy. Well, that's awesome. We'll make sure to put those links in the show notes as well so they Thanks. can connect. It's with like you. the longest email in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll just click it. It'll be easy there. Yeah. <laughs> well, Rachel, thank you. It's been a privilege talking to you about thought leadership today. We're so grateful that you took some time with us. 
Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Uh, stay healthy leaders and we will talk soon. Bye-bye.